Diane, can I go on to the next thing? Can I get a thumbs up out of it? Okay, thank you. And now I preach. Y'all with bated breath. I'm in uh, Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I have and hand over my own body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. Love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't, it isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice, but it is happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. Love never fails. As for prophecies, they will be brought to an end. As for tongues, they will stop. As for knowledge, will be brought to an end. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, what is partial will be brought to an end. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child, think like a child. But now that I've become a whole person, I put an end to childish things. Now we see a reflection in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know partially, but when I will know completely in the same way that I have been completely known. Now faith, hope, and love remain, these three things, and the greatest of these is love. Then chapter 14 starts with pursue love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as I was trying to say before, when I uh, get the opportunity to preach, uh, I'm usually told a few weeks out in advance, and then I start to think of something uh, that inspires me. And so this last few weeks has been due to's. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Excuse me, I'm experiencing um, allergies. You too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, which is considered like the greatest modern gospel song from the greatest Christian band in all of history. Hear me now, believe me later. Uh, U2 was going to break up. They hadn't even put out their first album yet. They were going to break up. They were a part of this uh, Christian community called Shalom in Dublin, and Bono was having a crisis of faith. And he, they go to their manager and they're like, hey, uh, we, we're, we're going to call it quits and we're going to go our separate ways and we're going to go do different things. And the manager was like, nope, that's not what you're going to do. I've actually uh, booked a tour for you guys and you are going to go out and spread the word of God that way. And so that's what they did. 
Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It comes from their fifth album. It is probably the greatest album of all of rock and roll history, The Joshua Tree, which seems to be one hymn right after the other that is just thought-provoking and soul-shaking. But this week's sermon comes from David Bowie, Saint David Bowie. Living on Mars is the title of this week's sermon. We're in the week three of a sermon series called Practicing Life, Connecting with, connecting with God Through Daily Tasks. And in week one, Pastor Amy asked us and challenged us, how, to cho- how do we choose to face the day with God? Last week, we heard her challenge us of how are we being nourished, not in the proverbial sense. She was asking literally, how do we nourish our bodies? With what food do we put into our bodies? This week, I was to talk about lost keys. But I'm here, right here, Shannon, the Bible, my hands on it, my hand to God to tell you all, I have never, ever lost my keys. Krista, you heard right. I've never lost my keys. I have forgotten my keys, Tyler. But forgetting and losing are two different things. There is a story, but if I was to tell it, I would be speaking from Scar, and that's not something you're supposed to do, Johnny. You're supposed to speak from healing and not from hurt. But when I was entrusted with keys and later a wallet, I developed a very, very strong habit of putting my keys and my wallet in the same place. I could tell you a story of living in San Francisco, of getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, walking out to my truck to realize I had neither my wallet or my keys, and had to walk five blocks up to the 24-hour grocery store to walk around for three hours until my building super was awake to let me in and get my belongings. So... In chapter four of Tish Harrison's, uh, Tish Harris Mordson's book, this book that we are basing the sermon series on, Liturgy of the Ordinary, Sacred Practices in Everyday Life, her real life example that she used of losing her keys, which by the way, she loses them under the couch, which like, I've never lost keys. And for those of you who've lost keys and then found them underneath the couch, I have no idea how that happens. Like I'm baffled. And so I had to look for a real example that I could relate to with you all of something lost. So as we get started, I need you all to know that I'm struggling with that analogy of lost keys. I'm struggling period anyway. That's just an everyday occurrence in my life. But life is good. I, I need to stop here really quick. Life is good. The minors are four and four and one, as in the UTEP minors are four and one. The Denver Broncos are three and zero, oh, and the San Francisco Giants are one win away from the NL West. That's all I'm saying. For most of you all, you have been counting time since about 564 days ago, on or about March 13, 2020. I started to count time about 653 days ago, on or about the 15th of December, 2019. 
I started to pay attention to a little, uh, a little more attentively to a story that wasn't a headline yet, relegated to the deeper pages of the newspapers, a quick and or subtle blurb on the radio, several clicks through on a website. Something was happening, but I didn't know quite what. And it was as if we were beginning to live on Mars. I went to talk on what was lost, what we lost, to spend an uncomfortable moment and lament. But before I do that, I must say this, and this is so important that I'm going to repeat it to myself and to you all. I do not believe God created COVID-19. I do not believe God created COVID-19. I do not believe God created COVID-19. What I do believe is that all good things come from God. Amen? I do believe that our creator did wonder how we were going to use creation, God's creation, in dealing with this worldwide pandemic. All of that was created, what is created, and will be created. How were we going to use creation with each other? And I'm not necessarily talking about the internet, or Zoom, or video equipment to do the going to work, the learning from home, and the ability to facilitate online streaming of worship, or anything else that we used, used, or will use to be, stay, and get connected with each other. I'm not really talking about the use of logistics to ship, mail, deliver more products than a decade's worth of Christmases. I'm not talking about the use of our phones to order food and groceries that not only delivered us convenience, but by not having to leave our homes, but kept and also kept thousands from being unemployed. All of those things were and are and will be created are great. But I am here talking about creation. And when I'm talking about creation, I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about living on Mars. Allow me to shift gears for a bit as I bring up, dredge up the memories of what we have been through, what we continue to go through, and that try as we might, we cannot seem an immediate end to. Can we be in the moments of the past 564 days, this moment that we are in right now, and the possible moments that we will continue to be in together? Can we take pause? and mourn all that was, is, and will be lost? Can we just use what has been created and lament? Lament that we still haven't found what we are looking for? To sit here together because we miss being together, comfortably uncomfortable together, to cry out, it will never be the same. Why, Lord? Why this? What's the point? Jobs lost. Kids who have lost more than a year of learning and human contact. 
places lost, places to live lost due to eviction, the chasm of those who have and those who have not widened, internet no longer a luxury, but now a necessity, why isn't it a utility? They've left, and I don't think they'll be coming back. And we, we still haven't found what we are looking for. Lord, hear our prayer as we mourn and lament all that and more. Lord, hear our prayer as we mourn what we have lost, what we are losing, and what will be lost. Lord, hear our prayer for we are lost. Yet we sing, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for because we are living on Mars. But the view is great. and We're making great time. We are not lost from God. God knows exactly where we are every minute of every day. He knows when we are sleeping. He knows when we are awake. He knows when we've been good or bad. But God is not some Santa Claus keeping tabs on us. And God is not some magician who, with the wave of a wand, makes the mess that we have created of our lives and of the world we live in disappear. If we are lost, is it because we choose to stay lost? Just a question. Have we gotten turned around in worldly things? In our search for what we still haven't found and what we are looking for in our searches on Amazon, Target, and Walmart, have we allowed ourselves to take our eye off what is really important? Lord, through our prayer, as we are lost living on Mars and we still haven't found what we are looking for. And as I look out to the faces of you all, some of you are lost on Mars right now in the middle of this sermon. All good things come from God, our creator, and our creator is looking forward to what we have done and what we are doing and what we will do with creation in this moment. Our creator knew there would be folks who would step up and step up in big ways in this moment. Doctors, nurses, scientists, service providers, stocking shelves, delivering goods, helping us put food on the table. The people named and the people unnamed, as there are far too many to count, who have stepped up in this moment. But I do not think that it was part of what creation that God was, is, and hoping for us to create with. God wanted to see us use the more nebulous parts of creation, the parts that seem and most oftentimes are untouchable, but yet when we are touched by them, they impact our lives in so many ways. For us to stop and take notice of the quiet in the silence. To stop and hear God in each and every breath we take. To listen to that again 
and again and again. Use the time given to rest and take Sabbath. Work, or what we like to call work, came to a screeching halt. We were given an opportunity to rest, to make all that time holy and to be with God. And it stopped the quiet, the rest, the Sabbath. Use our God-given creativity to be more kind, friendly, be uncommonly generous, to sit in sympathy and empathy for the beloved, the beloved we know, but especially the beloved we don't know. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down experience another's experience. To act diligently toward each other. Practice resurrection with one another. To put our faith, not the faith we talk about, but the faith that we do into action. Not for our individual salvation, but for our collective salvation. And these things of creation, we could be united I know we are in different stages of life, but aren't we all bound together by our common commitment to God? For if we are kind, quiet while we listen, to stop and take real rest, friend to the friendless, uncommonly generous, sympathetic and empathetic, but we do all of these things without love, it is meaningless. Might as well be living on Mars. In the apostles of U2's song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, a song that Bono calls a gospel song with a restless spirit. Theologian Sarah Dillon says it works because it's an expression of both spiritual joy and disappointment. Just like this moment we're sharing right now, right now in this very minute, there's spiritual joy and disappointment in what was, what is, and what will be. We lament all of those things, and we express to our creator the joy and disappointment. Joshua Rothman of Rolling Stone magazine writes, it's a song about searching for meaning or transcendence. And to me, the most interesting thing about it is, you don't find it. It's about the search. Ah, so it's about the journey, not the destination. And yet, we want the destination so badly. The genius of the chorus is in its first two words. John Perils of the New York Times says, there's the leap from I still and haven't found. That still emphasized in the melody tells you he's been looking for a long time. It's a simple thing, but it is a profound thing. In this moment of uncertainty, that we all find ourselves in, we still haven't found what we are looking for, and we are still living on Mars. Using my spiritual imagination, I think the part of creation that God was looking forward to seeing us use in new and creative ways was love. 
to love one another, to love one another, to love one another. If Jesus loves the little children, and aren't we each one of all the children in the world? Red, orange, yellow, green, purple, blue, black, brown, light brown, pink, and white. Are we not precious in the sight of the one who created all of us? If we are all made in the creator's image, are we not precious in the redeemer's sight? Are we not created and redeemed to be sustained too? We can find our keys ourselves and repair and restore. No, no, wait, wait, wait. That's not what I want to say. We can find our keys ourselves and love and some more love and even more love and restore and recreate, recreate in love, with love, for love. For when we put love first, all things are possible. All that we have created, are created, and will create is possible when love is the first ingredient. Love makes the impossible possible. When we love completely, we want to share our love with all of, the, of God's beloved, because in love, they are our beloved. Love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice, but it is happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't jealous. Love doesn't brag. Love isn't arrogant. Love isn't irritable. Love doesn't keep a record of complaints. Love puts up with all things. Love trusts in all things. Love hopes for all things. Love endures all things. It's okay that we are living on Mars and that we still haven't found what we are looking for. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, let us pursue love. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Morningstar Las Cruces Sermon Podcast. This recording is made available because of the uncommon generosity of our listeners. If you find these sermons to be helpful for you and your faith journey, please consider making a donation online at www.amstarlc.church. That's M S 
T-A-R-L-C.church. Or you can give through your phone by texting MSTARLC to 77977. You'll receive a text back with instructions. Follow the link and your gift is made safe and easy through your phone. Or you can download the Morningstar Las Cruces mobile app available through Apple and the Google Play Store. Grace and peace to you and yours, and thank you for all it is that you do.